On today's episode, are Robinson helicopters dangerous? Today's episode is brought to you by Engineering.com, a globally trusted source for engineering content. Check out this and many other exclusive videos for the engineering professional found only on Engineering.com TV today. This small helicopter is the Robinson R-22. Now, if you think you've seen one flying overhead, you probably have, because something like 5,000 of these aircraft have been built since 1979, and even more of its bigger sibling, the R-44. And it's popular for good reasons. It's relatively inexpensive, with low operating costs, making the aircraft perfect for helicopter flight schools, short-range surveillance, and policing operations, as well as recreational flying. Now, the R-22 and R-44 are noted for something else, accidents. So much so that Texas law firm Slack Davos Sanger advertises itself as specialists in prosecuting Robinson helicopter litigation. Now, according to the firm, since 2096 crashes involving Robinson helicopters in the U.S. resulted in 165 fatalities, with global loss rates of 291 airframes since 1982, with the loss of 512 individuals. Now, Robinson helicopters are the subject of lots of discussion on internet boards for professional and amateur rotary wing pilots, and a lot of the commentary is very uncomplimentary. So what's going on here? Well, the Robinson Technical Service Bulletin and FAA enforcement records of Robinson helicopters is not especially noteworthy compared to other rotary wing or fixed wing aircraft, with early accidents attributed to rotor blade delamination. Robinson helicopters are light, especially the R-22, and they're noted to be very light on the controls, with an important difference compared to larger helicopters, a very low inertia rotor system. In case of an engine failure, most helicopters can be flown in auto-rotation, performing a safe landing by trading off the kinetic energy of the spinning rotor blades for aerodynamic lift. Now, the process requires that rotor RPMs stay high enough to generate sufficient lift as the ground approaches, and the inertia inherent in any large rotating assembly means that pilots have a little time to assess the situation before taking emergency action. But not much time. In the combination of small rotor blades and low mass means that light helicopters, Robinson models included, will lose rotor RPM quickly in case of engine failure, necessitating rapid and decisive action by the pilot. A U.S. Army study of the time necessary to enter auto-rotation at full power in an emergency rated the R-22 as poor, although the time difference between models is as little as one second. Generally, heavier helicopters appear to be safer, a statistical fact also common to fixed-wing aircraft. So are Robinson helicopters dangerous? Well, it's important to look at how the aircraft are used before making a blanket statement. You can buy a Robinson helicopter for under half a million dollars and use one for half of that. Operating costs can be as little as $400 per hour, which is incredibly cheap by helicopter standards. This means that major operators of Robinson helicopters include flight schools and private owners. Which cohort is likely to have fewer aircraft hours on type and lower levels of overall training? Well, students and hobby pilots. So the combination of a very light aircraft that is very sensitive on the controls, with a pilot skill and ability base that is statistically lower than for larger, heavier helicopters, and you have a prescription for a higher accident rate. So what's the aircraft with the most crashes? Well, by far, the Cessna 152, followed by the 172. Why? Well, they're affordable aircraft commonly used by private pilots and flight schools. Now, interestingly, the internet is full of comments from pilots who claim that they would never fly in a Robinson R-22, even though neither it nor its R-44 Big Brother make even the top 20 in total accident numbers. So to me, the real takeaway is simple. The most dangerous part of any helicopter is the pilot. So a logical engineering approach would be to keep his hands off the controls as much as possible with stability augmentation and eventually full automation, which is something the emerging air taxi industry is working hard to achieve. So maybe what we need is the eventual elimination of the weakest link in aviation safety, 
pilots. Well, that's it for today's audio version of End of the Line, brought to you by Engineering.com. If you like this podcast, subscribe to Engineering.com to get personalized story recommendations, follow topics you care about, and participate with the global engineering community. You can also watch this podcast as a video along with our other exclusive series only on Engineering.com TV. Thanks for tuning in.